middle of the Caribbean Sea, 50 miles southeast of Cuba, 80 miles west of Puerto Rico, and 118 miles northeast of Jamaica lies the island of Hispaniola. Hispaniola is the most populous island in the Caribbean and the second largest by area after Cuba. The island is separated into two nations, the Dominican Republic and the Republic of Haiti. Along with the United Kingdom and Ireland, the DR and Haiti are the only other two nations that only border each other. But unlike the UK and Ireland, the DR and Haiti do not have an amicable relationship. A majority of Dominicans and Haitians hold negative views of the other nation. But why is this the case? Well, some of it has to do with economics. The Dominican Republic has a population of 10.9 million, while Haiti has a slightly larger population of 11.4 million, even though the DR has almost double the land area of Haiti. In spite of Haiti's larger population, the Haitian economy is one-tenth the size of the Dominican economy. Both nations are primarily agrarian, and harvesting warm-weather crops accounts for most of each nation's economy. However, the DR's harvest seasons are significantly more fruitful. The large mountains in the center of the island block westerly winds from reaching Haiti located on the western side of the island. As a result, Haiti records very little rainfall, which negatively affects the nation's agriculture. The Dominican Republic also has a massive tourism industry and is the most visited nation in the Caribbean at over 6 million tourists per year. Haiti, meanwhile, receives less than 1 million tourists per year. In addition, the capital of Haiti, Port-au-Prince, is located on the Enriquillo Plantain Garden Fault Zone. This resulted in the 2010 Port-au-Prince earthquake, which killed a quarter of a million people and crippled the Haitian economy. Haiti also lacks proper sanitation facilities, resulting in a recent cholera outbreak that killed almost 10,000 Haitians between 2010 and 2019. As a result of all of these phenomena, the DR has a GDP of $216 billion, while Haiti has a GDP of $21 billion. This leaves Haiti with a GDP per capita of under $3,000, making it the poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere. Due to this economic difference, many Haitians are envious of the DR's prosperity, while many Dominicans see Haitians as inferior due to their economic status. Tensions between the Dominican Republic and Haiti are also based on cultural differences. For one, there is a language barrier on the island. The DR's official language is Spanish, while in Haiti, French and Haitian Creole are the official languages. There is also a substantial amount of racism involved in these tensions. Dominicans and Haitians are mostly of African and or European ancestry. However, these demographics aren't the same for both nations. In the DR, 73% of the citizens are mixed race, 16% are European, and 11% are African. In Haiti, meanwhile, 95% of the population is exclusively of African descent. 
This has led to the widespread perception among Dominicans that Haitians are more black than them and are therefore inferior. Conversely, some Haitians hold animosity towards white and mixed-race Dominicans, seeing them as their historical oppressors. The two nations have an open border, and there is even a daily bus service from Haitian border towns to the Dominican capital, Santo Domingo, making illegal immigration extremely easy. As a result of poverty and political turmoil in Haiti, hundreds of thousands of Haitians have fled to the DR, and today, Haitians are the largest immigrant population in the nation. Many Dominicans have blamed Haitian refugees for a spike in crime, cases of cholera, overcrowding, and unemployment. Under Dominican law, descendants of illegal immigrants born in the DR aren't eligible for Dominican citizenship. Since these individuals were not born in Haiti, they aren't eligible for Haitian citizenship either. As a result of these laws, over 200,000 Haitians in the DR are stateless, leaving them without access to health care or housing. In recent years, young Dominicans and Haitians have been more open to relations with each other since, you know, racism is becoming more unpopular in the modern era. But just a few decades ago, it would be impossible to envision something like that happening due to the extremely complex history between the DR and Haiti. I'm going to tell you all about it right now on Historia Obscura. Welcome to Historia Obscura. This is the 38th episode of this podcast, and it's going to be a long one, but I think you'll like it. Special thank you to Patreon subscriber, Tom. If you want to receive a shout-out in every episode, among other benefits, help support this podcast by going to patreon.com slash historiaobscura and becoming a patron. One more thing, make sure to stick around for a little to hear a message about the sponsor of this episode of Historia Obscura, Anchor. If you want to make your own podcast, you'll want to know everything about how to use Anchor. residents of the island of Hispaniola were the Taino, an indigenous people of the Caribbean. In 1492, Christopher Columbus and his Spanish men made landfall on the island. They established the settlement of Santo Domingo, which named in honor of Catholic priest Saint Dominic, which would become the first European city in the Americas. The Taino were almost immediately enslaved by the Spanish and forced to work in the gold mines of Hispaniola. Coupled with mass executions and a lack of immunity to European diseases, the Taino were effectively extinct by 1535. The Spanish had introduced sugarcane, an extremely lucrative crop from the Canary Islands, to Hispaniola, and they sought another population that they could enslave to cultivate the crop. Because of this, in 1503, King Ferdinand of Spain authorized the importation of African slaves to Hispaniola. 
By the 1540s, the Caribbean Sea was heavily infested by French pirates and privateers. The Spanish began neglecting the west coast of the island as local authorities advised Spanish colonists to move east towards Santo Domingo in 1606. In 1625, the French established their own territory, Saint-Domingue, on the western side of Hispaniola. The number of slaves imported to the island grew exponentially as the French attempted to make a larger profit than the Spanish. A new religion called Voodoo, which mixed African folklore with Roman Catholicism, was created by these slaves. The French were notoriously brutal in their treatment of slaves, frequently executing them by boiling in sugarcane syrup, crucifixion, and confining them in swamps to be devoured by mosquitoes. In one incident, thousands of slaves were gassed to death with sulfur dioxide extracted from Hispaniola's volcanoes. The brutality of the French led to support among slaves for a revolt. On August 21st, 1791, thousands of slaves attended a secret voodoo ceremony. During this ceremony, a a tropical storm hit the island, and the voodoo priests saw this as an omen for success. This was the last push the slaves of Saint-Domingue needed to begin the Haitian Revolution. On that fateful night, the slaves of Saint-Domingue began killing their masters. Within 10 days, the slaves took control of the entire northern region of the country. Initially, the former slaves allied themselves with Spain, a powerful enemy of France. However, this changed in 1792 when the French monarchy was overthrown and the First French Republic was established. This new republic, led by Maximilien Robespierre and his Jacobin club, abolished slavery in Saint-Domingue almost immediately. In response, Haitian Jacobin and former slave Toussaint Louverture formed an alliance between the revolting slaves and France. Louverture was fervently opposed to massacring white civilians, which many former slaves had supported. This helped Louverture garner support from the United States, especially from Secretary of the Treasury Alexander Hamilton. Hamilton, a Federalist who briefly lived in Morristown, New Jersey, supported the Enlightenment ideals that the Jacobins embraced, and in 1800, under the administration of Federalist President John Adams, the U.S. officially threw its support behind Louverture's regime. With support from the French and American governments, it appeared that Saint-Domingue was well on its way to home rule. However, this changed in 1801, when Thomas Jefferson, an anti-Federalist slave owner, became president of the U.S. Jefferson withdrew support from Louverture's regime, instead supporting the Spanish who sought to capture Saint-Domingue for themselves. In 1802, Napoleon came to power in France and began threatening to reimpose slavery in Saint-Domingue. He also lured Louverture to France under the guise of negotiations. When Louverture arrived, he was betrayed by the French, who imprisoned him at Fort de Joux. On April 7, 1803, Louverture died in captivity. Back in Saint-Domingue, Jean-Jacques Dessalines took control of the revolt. 
Napoleon sent a legion of Polish soldiers to assert French control over the colony, telling them that they were putting down a revolt of prisoners. However, when the soldiers arrived on the island, they realized that they were fighting against revolting slaves. Drawing a parallel between their own fight for liberty against the Russian Empire and the former slaves' fight for liberty, the Polish soldiers defected to support Dessalines' forces. In addition, Dessalines gained the crucial support of the British, who were fighting against Napoleonic France. With this combined support, Dessalines' forces were able to defeat the French. On January 1, 1804, the Empire of Haiti was established, and Dessalines was crowned as Emperor Jacques I. The Haitian Revolution was the largest slave uprising since the revolt of Spartacus against the Roman Republic. The first constitution of Haiti barred white people from holding Haitian citizenship. This excluded the Polish, who Jacques I referred to as, quote, the white Negroes of Europe. Jacques I ordered Haitian troops to kill all French civilians in Haiti. As many as 5,000 French men, women, and children were killed in this massacre. The massacre led to widespread concerns in the U.S. over the feasibility of abolishing slavery without a massacre of whites occurring. In 1806, Jacques I was assassinated under suspicious circumstances. Two different political figures came to power, splitting the empire in two. The state of Haiti in the north was ruled by Henri Christophe, while the Republic of Haiti in the south was ruled by Alexandre Pétion. In 1820, General Jean-Pierre Boyer reunified the two nations under the Republic of Haiti. Now, remember that Spanish colony on the east side of Hispaniola, Santo Domingo? Well, this colony was still controlled by Spain and still contained slaves. In the hopes of liberating these slaves and freeing Santo Domingo from Spanish control, General Boyer launched an invasion of the colony. This invasion succeeded, and in 1822, Santo Domingo was annexed by Haiti, uniting the entire island of Hispaniola under Haitian rule. Although an exemption for white Dominicans was made to the ban on white citizens in Haiti, white and mixed-race Dominican elites were still stripped of their land. The Haitian government also imposed extremely high taxes on Dominicans to pay off their war debt to France. In 1838, a group of white and mixed-race Dominican nationalists led by Juan Pablo Duarte established a secret society called La Trinitaria, where they plotted to fight for independence from Haiti. From 1844 to 1856, La Trinitaria fought against the Haitian military in the Dominican War of Independence. La Trinitaria won the war and the first Dominican Republic was established. However, this independence was short-lived as the DR was invaded by Spain in 1861. The Spanish occupied the DR until 1865, when the Second Dominican Republic was established. Meanwhile, Faustin Soluc crowned himself Emperor Faustine I of Haiti in 1849. Following an internal revolt, the Republic of Haiti was re-established in 1859. 
Both Haiti and the DR remained independent until the 1910s, when both were invaded and occupied, not by France, not by Spain, but by the United States. In July of 1915, 330 U.S. Marines landed in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. They were sent by President Woodrow Wilson to secure American financial interests that were being threatened by Haitian political instability. The U.S. installed Philippe d'Artoinov, a member of Haiti's mixed-race wealthy elite, as president. In May of 1916, almost 2,000 U.S. Marines landed in Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. This invasion was meant to stabilize the DR after Dominican Secretary of War Desiderio Arias overthrew President Juan Jiménez Pereira and seized power. The occupation of both nations was also likely intended to create important American allies in the Caribbean so Germany wouldn't get any ideas about seizing the Panama Canal. These occupations became extremely unpopular after the end of World War I, both in the occupied nations and back in the U.S. Attacks by Dominican rebels killed 144 U.S. Marines in total, and in 1924, the U.S. military withdrew from the DR, thus establishing the Third Dominican Republic. Meanwhile in Haiti, the brutality and authoritarianism of the Dartoinov government led to much more visceral reaction from opponents. In the first Keiko War, Keiko's rebels killed three U.S. Marines while losing 200 of their own men. In the second Keiko War, 28 American soldiers, 70 Haitian soldiers, and over 2,000 rebels were killed. Combined with isolationist sentiment in the U.S., these conflicts led the U.S. to withdraw from Haiti in 1936. Following the withdrawal of the U.S. from these nations, it seemed that they were finally on the path to peace and prosperity. But in 1930, just six years after the American withdrawal from the DR, a coup d'etat took place in Santo Domingo. The coup was successful, and Rafael Trujillo came to power. He gave himself the title of El Jefe, or The Boss. As Trujillo's title would suggest, his rule was extremely autocratic. Trujillo had an extreme cult of personality, and he modeled much of the Dominican Republic after his own image. He even went as far as changing the name of the capital, Santo Domingo, to Ciudad Trujillo. Statues of Trujillo were scattered throughout the nation, and license plates had Viva Trujillo printed on them. Trujillo created the Servicio de Inteligencia Militar, or SIM, a secret police force that he used to kill or otherwise silence his opponents. However, the most prominent effect of his tenure was a spike in racism, colorism, and especially anti-Haitian sentiment in the DR. Trujillo was obsessed with pale skin, and he was even known to target light-skinned, mixed-race women for sexual assault. Meanwhile, he saw black Dominicans, especially Haitian immigrants, as inferior. 
Trujillo incentivized European immigration to the DR in an attempt to make the nation more white. During the Holocaust, the DR was actually one of the few countries that welcomed mass immigration of European Jews, issuing 100,000 visas to Jewish refugees. But other aspects of Trujillo's racism were much more grim. In 1937, Trujillo ordered the SIM to kill all black Haitians living in the DR. In just six days, 35,000 people were stabbed to death with machetes and bayonets, and Dominican soldiers reportedly even threw Haitian babies into the air before catching them with bayonets. The event became known as the Parsley Massacre, as soldiers would determine the fate of civilians by holding up a sprig of parsley and asking them what they were holding. See, in Spanish, the term for parsley is perejil. However, in French and Haitian Creole, the term is pronounced with a voice velar fricative, so it sounds more like perejil. If a civilian pronounced it in this way, the soldiers knew that they were Haitian and slaughtered them. Following this massacre, the SIM expanded its state-sponsored terrorism to outside of the DR's borders, assassinating Trujillo's opponents in Caracas, Mexico City, and even Manhattan. The murder of Jesus Galindez in Manhattan was the last straw for the U.S. On May 20th, 1961, Rafael Trujillo was fatally shot during a coup d'etat against him. This coup was backed by the CIA. This left Trujillo's successor disputed, and in 1965, a civil war broke out between the U.S.-backed Loyalist faction and the Constitutionalist faction. The Loyalists won the Civil War, and ever since 1965, the Dominican Republic has been at peace. However, the same cannot be said for Haiti. In 1957, rural doctor François Duvalier, nicknamed Papa Doc, was elected president of Haiti. Duvalier had run on a far-right black nationalist platform, and he was a devout follower of the voodoo religion. In 1958, a coup d'etat took place, but it was crushed by Duvalier. As a result of the coup, Duvalier's rule became much more dictatorial. To get rid of his opponents, Duvalier established an undercover death squad called the Tonton Macute, which was named after a mythological boogeyman from voodoo folklore. In May of 1959, Duvalier fell into a coma for nine hours after he overdosed on insulin and had a heart attack. It has been widely theorized that he suffered from brain damage due to this coma, causing his behavior to become more erratic. While Duvalier was comatose, Clement Barbeau, the head of the Tonton Macute, was made acting president of Haiti. When Duvalier awoke, Barbeau refused to cede his authority back and went into hiding. Duvalier believed that Barbeau had used voodoo to turn into a dog, and so he ordered all black dogs in Haiti to be slaughtered. Eventually, Barbeau was captured and executed by being submerged in sulfuric acid. Duvalier attempted to establish foreign relations with the U.S., but President John F. Kennedy refused because, you know, Duvalier was an insane murderous tyrant. 
1963, when Kennedy was assassinated, Duvalier claimed that he had put a voodoo curse on Kennedy. But under the Nixon administration, the U.S. reluctantly allied itself with Haiti solely because Duvalier was fiercely anti-communist. On April 21, 1971, Duvalier went into diabetic shock and suffered another heart attack. This time, he died, and he was succeeded as president by his son, Jean-Claude Duvalier, known as Baby Doc. Unlike his father, Baby Doc cared more about his lavish lifestyle than about political power. On February 7, 1986, Baby Doc resigned and fled to France with the assistance of the U.S. government. An interim government was established, and thus a shaky transition back to democracy began. Except for when the U.S. invaded again in 1994, but we don't have time to talk about that. In 2011, Baby Doc Duvalier unexpectedly returned to Haiti. He was immediately arrested and put on trial for corruption and human rights abuses. He died at the age of 63 while awaiting trial in Port-au-Prince, Haiti on October 4, 2014. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Historia Obscura. This is certainly one of the most interesting topics I've ever researched for this podcast. If you want to suggest an episode of Historia Obscura, send me a voice message at anchor.fm slash historiaobscura slash message. Feel free to leave your name and location, and if I like your idea, I'll make an episode of it and give you credit. Additionally, if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash historia obscura and become a patron. And of course, I can't go without once again thanking this episode's sponsor, Anchor. They are by far the easiest way to make a podcast, so if you want to make your own, go to anchor.fm. With that said, this is Jack from Historia Obscura, signing off, but not for long.